0: Greetings and welcome to Trauma and Social Work Podcast. You are listening to Tanya Octave, licensed clinical social worker. My goal is to provide education, resources, suggested practices, and understand more about the aspects of trauma and social work. This podcast is for you because we are all impacted by trauma. I am your host. Go grab your notepad, pen or pencil, a cup of warm tea, and let's get down to business. Disclaimer, this podcast is not intended for medical, psychological, mental health, or legal advice. You should seek out a professional for individual and specific questions regarding your overall wellness. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Episode 7 of the Trauma and Social Work Podcast. Today, we will look at what happens when children are removed from their parents' care by the Child Protection Agency. After a child abuse investigation was initiated and determined children, risk and safety concerns are present, a child may be removed from a parent's care. There's a court hearing within about three days, that's about 72 hours, and at the court hearing the parents, mom and dad, and children will be provided a separate attorney. And then there's a lawyer that represents the child welfare department. The judge rules at the hearing if there is sufficient evidence to determine that the children or child should remain in out-of-home care. If this is the case, and in most cases, the parents will be provided family reunification services. However, some parents will not be provided family reunification services, and this happens for a variety of reasons. Once a mother or father is provided with these family reunification, then their time clock starts now. Parents are given 12 months, one year, to complete the court's requirement and to satisfy the child protection agency case plan. Parents may be ordered to submit to random drug testing, complete psychological testing, maybe mental health treatment. They may have to do inpatient or outpatient addiction programs, complete parenting classes, attend support groups, Uh, complete domestic violence or anger management programs, and participating meaningful visitation with their children. Let me give an example here. If there were concerns about domestic violence between the mom and the dad, they both may be ordered to complete their domestic violence and anger management programs. The court may also want to know if the parent can protect the children, and have they obtained, and can they reinforce a restraining order both parents can also be ordered into counseling and maybe even parenting classes. Although each case is different, and keeping in mind these are only broad examples, the parents are requested to engage in services so that they can learn from this experience and make other choices in the future by keeping their children safe. In my experience, most parents are typically ordered counseling and parenting classes. I believe counseling is helpful in a few ways. Counseling can provide a safe and non judgmental place for a parent and a child to explore their thoughts and feelings about being involved with child protection. Counseling can provide a safe place to reflect on child protection concerns and explore ways to change their behavior. Counseling can also be an opportunity for growth. That being said, I'm not a big fan of parenting class. I have taught many parenting classes, and the efficacy of these programs is low. Also, research tells us real parenting change is not achieved in parenting class. I have seen parents order to take parenting classes when they have an infant. The parent reports some information about what to do when their child's a toddler, but probably won't remember most of the information. Other parents say they have teenagers or children with autism or developmental concerns and the parenting classes just don't apply to their specific needs. I support a hands-on approach, working with trained professionals who can coach a parent in a specific area or areas. I also encourage a parenting support group that helps parents feel connected to others in many ways. However, there are few parenting support groups accessible and free to parents that would greatly benefit them let's get back to family reunification Be- best practices at least in california consider the following in efforts to reunite children back with their parents the child protection agency develops strategies to address family engagement maintain family and cultural connections connect families to services in the community regular and frequent visits among the family members and the social worker and family-centered services to support a safe and stable family. Now on paper, this law looks really good. However, this is not the practice. Social workers are told they should engage with their families. However, no one is addressing how managers and administrators support this engagement. For example, A Caucasian social worker who has never been in the home of an Asian family may struggle to manage their own anxieties. The social worker may feel uncomfortable because of an unfamiliar environment. This is not the social worker's fault per se. As social workers, we're not taught in meaningful and practical ways to socially and culturally be in all environments. In my experience as an African-American social worker, I was not to prepare to work with neo-Nazis. I had to do my work on my time to invest. I had to want to invest in learning more about Nazis in order to understand. To broaden my perspective and to do the work which is not afforded to other social worker, especially when you work for a large institution. This is a different way of working as a social worker. There are some training parts about being multicultural sensitive, but social workers are not taught how to engage in a deep and meaningful way. Social workers are not taught how not to be scared or terrified in different environments. There are also many pressures to do the job and spending quality time with families is difficult. A healthy form of engagement takes time, takes patience, takes more time and it supports compassion do you think social workers are taught how to be compassionate towards someone who they believe was a child abuser the idea of having a label as child abuser puts these thoughts and images in your mind already as a system these issues need to be addressed and not just written into law but they should be more accountable to the social workers and to the higher level administrators and managers. Family reunification indicates some degree of maintaining family and cultural connections. I think the child welfare department has come a long way in placing children with relatives and friends um, than they did in the past. There is much work that needs to be done. However, I'm skeptical about what efforts are made to keep children connected to family and their culture. I am not suggesting that when African-American child is removed from his parents or her parents, she is placed in an African-American home. I am offering something deeper, something more meaningful, that a child and a parent should still express themselves in a way that is useful and comfortable in their form of communication, in a way by which they can be as authentic as they can be when in the social worker's presence. Many children and parents tell me consistently they must change who they are to make the social worker happy. I am suggesting that it should be the other way around. The system must change the way it operates on behalf of the family and their culture. Let me give an example. A parent is labeled aggressive or hostile. Sometimes there's a suspicion of this kind of like bipolarness. However, I would say nowadays I'm getting less of this. The parent is angry, but to me, it makes sense. He or she feels in some way that something was taken away from them. Their child was removed. Their parent is reacting to a situation. They are in a fight, flight, freeze mode in a trauma response after spending time with hundreds of people and listening with compassion and forgiveness under the anger there's a lot of sadness a lot of loss and this deep feeling of failure there are policies to ensure social workers meet with parents and children regularly each state and each county differ on these requirements however social workers and family meet monthly for the most part these interactions should provide and support a relationship that is working to build on trust trust is one thing that needs repairing in most relationships the social worker is learning to trust the parent to support the children's underlying needs the parents and the children are learning to trust and feel safe around the social worker i am sure there are many reasons why there are challenges with social workers um, visiting with children and parents however i am not so sure that you're able to build a relationship and it can be a strong relationship if you only meet monthly some social workers are doing meaningful visits some do not some parents want to meet with their social workers others do not some kids enjoy the support others don't wanna be bothered. The child welfare institution within its structure is flawed. It writes down what is best practices, it writes down what is best practices, but provides no means to accomplish these goals. It will hire a panel of adults who are considered experts, but they have never had their children removed from their care, nor had they ever been accused of being a child abuser. Is the child protective system designed to set up to fail families? Just curious, wanted to throw that out there. On my last note, in terms of knowing more about family reunification services are these case plans and court orders. The services required for parents and children to complete and address the concerns that brought the family into the child welfare system. This also includes other problems that may arise during the supervision. There are state laws that guide social workers to consider reasonable efforts. It is the child welfare department's responsibility to preserve and reunify families prior to placement of children in foster care and make it possible for them to return safely back to their parents. Reasonable efforts should include accessible, available, and culturally appropriate services designed to improve the family's ability to keep their children safe and stable. Some examples of reasonable efforts include consistent safety checks and home visits, addressing child care needs, homemaking services, counseling, health care, behavioral health, and vocational counseling. These services should increase family strength and stability, increase a parent's confidence and competence, keep children in safe, stable, and supportive family environments, enhance overall child development. The social worker will assess a parent's readiness for reunification, consider parents with substance use issues, behavioral or physical health issues, parents who are incarcerated, families involved with domestic violence, prevention placement reentry, and reinstatement of parental rights. I want to preserve families, to have them reunify safely and explore the strengths and challenges that arises within the system. I hope you've heard some new ideas about family reunification and other ways to think about the child protective system. I want to leave this with the summary from two different parents who told me after they completed their family reunification. This process was a bunch of bullshit. The social workers never knew what they were doing. I had to do their job for them. At the end of the day, all I learned was not to tell the truth because it only hurt my child. I enjoyed my last social worker. She worked really hard to get my daughter back home. I learned how to be a good parent. She sat with me and my baby. And I felt I'm a better mother because she took time with us. Disclaimer. This podcast is not intended for medical, psychological, mental health, or legal advice. You should seek out a professional for individual and specific questions regarding your overall wellness. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room. Listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others. Like below and subscribe to my channel. I will end by saying the keys to happiness are following the path towards knowing oneself. Ancient comedic proverb.